0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, thank you all for tuning into the show. Got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we are coming your way with the 51st edition of the Don't Kill the Messages podcast. First thing we're about to do is get into NCAA football. Uh, before we talk about championship game, uh, just get into the pickums. Uh, Darnell's been doing his thing this year, man. Uh, he's won the NCAA pickums. Uh, he got 71 out of 98 right. Came in second with 66 six out of 98, and Ty came in with th- in third with 65 out of 98. So this is, was a close one as well as the NFL, man. So got something else to say in this one, Champ?
1: Uh, this one, I mean, I like my percentage in this one. I should have,
0: I
2: should <laughs> went to Vegas. <laughs> should have went to Vegas on this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Did your thing for sure. Well, we all did. I mean, we did. We, you know, don't got. All of us, I've no, got nothing to be disappointed about. But, yeah, good percentage by us all, though. Uh, all right, now let's get into this game, man. Uh, on this title game. It was a good
1: one. Hey, I mean, it was one, I won't say it exceeded last year, but it was a worthy sequel uh, as far as being a rematch. Uh, early, it looked like Bama might step on him and run away with it. Clemson stayed in the fight, and D-Watson woke up in the second half and gave us a ball game. I mean, my hat's off to them.
2: They they,
1: they showed heart. They fought back from double-digit deficits and came out on top. Great game.
3: Yeah, definitely uh, a worthy sequel, like you said. Not many times. The second one's is. Good or better than the first, and I think we got, you know, as college football fans, a great ending to another great year. And like you said, I think that was just the memo. Deshaun Watson just turned the Jets on in the second half and play like the quarterback he is. Um, You know, he was making the big pass in the second half. Uh, He completed some big ones on that final drive. That uh, now, granted, you know, Mike Williams great catches Uh, a couple times. He Saved Watson. To be fair, but oh yeah, but still, just the throw was in a spot where Williams could make the catch for them, and you know, I, I think a lot of credit also goes to the Clemson defense. Uh, they made some big stops in the second half. They, you know, they did what we said they needed to do against Jalen Hurts they need to force him into throwing situations uh they needed to stop the run game now when Bo Scarborough went out that was a big help for Clemson
1: made it a Um, lot easier to do
3: (laughs) yeah uh but you know outside of the what was a 25 or 30 yard run for Jalen Hurts he didn't do anything in the second half so I mean great game all around uh I won't be surprised if Jalen Hurts gets back to this situation. So you know, nothing to be ashamed of for him. He led them on a great he led Alabama on a great season. Uh, Just he didn't pull out the win in the end, and uh, a lot of people will be questioning his poor play in the playoffs. But uh, the kid had a great season.
0: Yeah, definitely agree with that. Uh, You know, yeah, I was talking about Jalen Hurts uh, last week with. uh him being a freshman was just too much for him, uh, in the playoffs and started to look like that. But, you know, this was just good overall learning experience from him. So I definitely expect him to, uh, improve for next year and, uh, possibly be back in there, uh, for the title game, um, next year as well. So just have to see how it all pans out.
1: To his credit, I, I do feel like even just from the first half to the second half, he showed growth and like, you could see the game slow down a little bit for him. Yeah. Because, uh, like, like, he really didn't look great against Washington, but it's just they, the talent gap was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the first half against Clemson, like, outside of Bo Scarborough, Bama probably wouldn't have had a lead there.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, late in the – like, especially that last touchdown, which was the run that Ty was talking about, that, that was a big play for a freshman. Yeah, I, I got to give him credit there, where he did kind of try to rise to the occasion, but
0: just uh, defense couldn't seal it there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, was there a like key play was, was there a key play with that you guys would say that kind of changed it over for Clemson to get ready to win the game or anything or
3: what? I no? I, I don't know if there was a specific play, but I think the defensive intensity really pushed Clemson to the victory. Uh, They were were getting stops in the second half. Uh, Just their ability to keep the offense on the field when you're behind, uh, that's very assuring for the offense. So all Clemson's offense had to do was just keep drives moving. Uh, I mean, outside of a couple catches that Williams made on the last drive that were just huge, uh, I think the defense... And how they played in the fourth quarter. Uh I just don't think you can really give them enough credit. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh I guess it's not a play, but I think the biggest game changer was Bo Scarboro going out because mm-hmm. that that limited Alabama's ability to extend some drives. Uh yeah. Put a on lot lot those more firsts- pressure
0: on those uh, Hertz as well. Yeah.
1: So on those first and second down runs where he was getting three and four yards, the backup backs were probably getting two or three. So they got put into more third and long situations where they had where Hertz was forced to be a passer, and that that fell into Clemson's game plan. I mean, Clemson still did what they needed to to, to stop them when that happened. So it's, it's, I'm not trying to slight them, but that that was a big hit for Alabama to not have that that first and second down key that they have there to to make drives last longer and to and to wear down
0: uh Clemson's front seven. Yeah. We've, uh Alabama was one for thirteen on third downs that involved them being uh having to get four yards or more. So hmm. uh yeah, definitely uh that was big for them with that uh bowl uh loss. So yeah, it hurts, man, but, you know, just it was good learning experience overall for the team. Uh see how much learning experience it will be for Steve Sarkeesian. Um mm-hmm. you know, how much uh did this switch um uh, affect Alabama? Um you think they should have kept Lane there or you think it didn't play that big of a role? Like what what are you guys thinking? I don't it's-
1: think it played a huge role. Just I think I think most of it comes down to what I just mentioned earlier, and the fact that hurts. The moment was was big for him. And yeah, he probably got overtaken by a little bit of that, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: and Clemson Clemson played the hell of a game. Yeah, on their own side, so I I, I wouldn't put it as much on. Like, of course, there, there's there's going to be some. Adjustment that had to happen, but
2: I don't think it was like solely something you could throw on the change put putting Sarkeesian Okay,
3: yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, I I do know that the biggest pass play completed by Alabama in the second half was a trick play, and it was not thrown by Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So I mean, I think that right there speaks enough for what Sarkeesian had to work with. Um, I, I mean. Jalen Hurts kind of threw a dud of a game against or Washington and then didn't do a whole lot here, so they were forced to throw a lot of these bubble screens or little dump passes for one or two yards and then hope somebody makes a play. I don't know how much they could put on Sarkeesian just because, I mean, I don't know, Hurts just didn't seem... To have the arm going over the last couple of games, so they tried to keep it quite conservative. Uh, they tried to, you know, run plays that were low turnover, uh, low turnover percentage, and uh, I don't know. I, I just think that, like, like Darnell said, the moment was just a little too big. Mm-hmm. And and Trey, you you said that as well last week, so credit yeah. to both of you guys. Yeah.
1: yeah. And and I don't want to pile on a freshman
2: quarterback, but
1: mm-hmm. how how many of his Surprise and going downfield,
2: did he overthrow his receiver by like five yards? Yeah.
1: So I mean, there are plays like those receivers had a step or two on there the corner
3: that were on them, but bad yeah.
1: throws you you can't really do anything oh. about that. Yeah, you can't, and what, you can't play call them into a better throw.
3: Yeah, and and I think where we also need to give credit to Hertz was it's not like he was throwing into triple coverage. They were smart throws. They just weren't there. They just weren't on the money. Uh, like you said, just barely overthrowing or just a little offline. I, I mean the throws were the right throw. They mm-hmm. just you just didn't connect.
1: Hey Trey. Yeah. Before we move on, did you have any issue with uh like the missed pass interference call or offensive pass interference call or the pick play at the end?
0: Uh it was a little bit, man. Like it was just kind of like, I, well, how 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 it sound right now? Yeah, but you know, of course, you know, I want a Bama win, but you know, I I just look at it just overall, you know, man. Uh, the key thing for me, I just I, I strongly believe, man, if Bo was just still in that game, I think Bama would have pulled it off. But you know, just with so much with um, Jalen, uh, you know, with the whole. Uh, with how he's been playing, but you know, yeah, with the pick, uh, seeing that happen plenty of times in games, um, you know, it happens, but you know, I still, I don't know, man, it it, it would have been a tough call for the refs, either way. So. Yeah,
1: I mean, like I looking back at it, like I would, I didn't think much of it at the time of the play when it happened live, but looking back at it, like it it, it was surprising to me that it didn't get called because yeah,
2: that
1: that. Uh, outside receiver seriously had no intention of running a route. He just mm-hmm. went in there went just straight up them. to yeah. the DB and, and jammed him. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's it's a play that happens all the time. So, like, I didn't really get too bent out of shape about it, but I just wonder what you thought.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's, you know, of course I wanted to see Alabama win, man, but it's a play um, that's you know, happens a lot in NCAA. It happens a lot in just, you know, football just overall. And, you know, for the refs, if they were to, you know, call a penalty on that play or anything like that, that that would have, you know, really a lot of people would have gotten uh, upset over that. Um, so it's, I get it, you know, my whole thing is this, you know, Bama was a talented team. Uh, they shouldn't have let, you know, the final two seconds of a left dictate whether or not they want uh or to win the championship. But um, overall, just a great play, you know, just. Just pleased, uh, you know, with Jalen Hurst, it's just good learning experience from, you know, my head is um held up high for this team down in the road, so uh I'm gonna be expecting big things from him. So now alright guys, I think you got into it a little bit Darnell, but um what game did you think uh was better? The original Alabama versus Clemson uh match or the rematch between the two?
1: Uh I think I still lean more towards last year's game.
2: Just because it was, I mean, it was just crazy. Yeah. Just
1: the swings, and I don't think people expected Clemson to be such a, a formidable match, yeah, for for Alabama. So I think it was just that that new factor of it, and that the wow factor of the game. Uh, but this game wasn't far behind. I think I think if the first half had a little more fireworks in it and like not even actually touchdowns but just Clemson didn't seem quite as competitive in in the first half uh, they they had into it last year too yeah. but I just I just think just if you put both games together just you know the first one seems a little more special I
3: guess yeah yeah I think also in in the first game there was a lot more unexpected. O.J. Howard, I mean, yeah, 90% of America hadn't heard of that guy until the championship game last year. Uh, you know, that wide receiver for Clemson, the guy that cut the game-winning touchdown, I'm forgetting his name right now, but uh, uh, he kind of, yeah, you know, he made a big splash on the, on the game last year. Nobody had heard of him, you know, former walk-on, and the whole story got big for him.
1: Future uh, Patriots receiver.
3: Yeah, wouldn't doubt. Definitely Edelman three point or whatever Amendola, who knows? But yeah, you know, I think the first game just caught more people by surprise. Um, a lot of people expected this to be the championship game this year, so it didn't surprise a lot of people like it did last year. So I would, decide with turn out and go with last year as well.
0: Yeah, I can definitely agree. You know, just the surprise factor um, of that game. You know, I think we, we are- all had. Uh- Alabama beat Clemson uh, pretty badly uh, for that first matchup, and they did their thing against them. So uh, definitely can agree with you guys there. Um, All right, anything uh, else to add uh, for NCAA football before we move on, guys? Good season. Going to miss uh, seeing my man O.J. Howard do his thing, but, uh, you know. I was expecting he had a pretty good game and I was expecting a little bit more from him, but he did his thing, so wanted to see him repeat, you know, the first matchup they had, but Alright guys, uh let's about move into NCAA basketball. Um first thing we're about to get into is uh just your thoughts on Grayson Allen and his one game suspension.
3: Uh not taken seriously. <laughs> I mean, if if you're gonna say you're gonna handle a situation, uh, actually handle the situation, because it was two weeks, now he's on. Un- well, well, now he's <laughs> under a little more scrutiny for pushing the Florida State coach. Yeah. So, does well, he have an issue? He
1: like had his foot raised up on somebody's first game back.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I mean, here here's my problem with it. If you're saying someone's suspended indefinitely, that means a little more than a couple of weeks or one game. Yeah. Uh, now, I think they strategically suspended him, knowing that they had one game in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was very strategic by the Duke coaching staff. I don't think that was. I definitely think that was on purpose. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm not going to be one to sit here and judge Grayson Allen's character. All I know is that he's a repeat offender and they need to do a little more than they did. I think now that he, you know, in my opinion, I I do think he pushed the Florida State coach. I, I do think there's clear as day evidence for it. I don't know how you can deny it. But um, I, I do think that this this guy's going to have a lot of issues going forward. I think people are going to try and push his buttons, get him to trip, get him to push, get him to shove, get him to do anything out of, Line to make the NCAA take some serious action. And I'm surprised the NCAA has not stepped in at this point, uh, seeing that this guy's still doing stuff and Duke seems to do next to nothing about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Uh, Krzyzewski painted himself in a corner saying it was going to be an indefinite suspension. Mm-hmm. Uh, people wouldn't have liked it, but he would have been a lot better if he would have just stepped up early and said, we're going to suspend him for a game. Mm-hmm. But he said the in- indefinite thing. So people, you know, were going to, I-, I don't know if it was saving face for him being
2: that, you know,
1: usually Shevsky's one of those untouchable coaches. Uh, but he had let this go on for so long, and you know, Shushevsky—he's one of those coaches that hasn't had an issue speaking to a, another team's player to try to discipline him. If, yeah. if we remember last year, so this this was one where questions were starting to build. Now, like, wow, you're fine talking to somebody else's player, but you're not dealing with Grayson Allen, and he's a habitual tripper. Uh, so, I mean. I'm with everybody and basically saying this was just kind of a a fake suspension.
3: Yeah, it seemed like it was
1: a while, but the kids were on break and had exams and stuff, so he had two weeks off and missed one game. So
2: that's really
1: nothing. And and it was a game that was an easy win for Duke anyway. Yeah. So in in the whole realm of things, like the suspension was nothing, and I think. It was, like you were saying, Ty, I think it was all, like, this was all premeditated. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was all thought ahead. I'll say he's suspended indefinitely. We got one game in two weeks. And then Krzyzewski's going out for back surgery. So I'll I'll reinstate him right now. My assistants won't take much of a hit on this. People might talk about me for a while. But I'm not going to be around where I have to answer the questions because I'll be – rehabilitating from, from my, my surgery
2: and mm. or, or
1: healing. So it seems like it was all a little bit too perfect. Yeah. And I mean, it, and as far as Grayson Allen goes, like I'm, I'm not one of these that's going to go to the extreme, mm. like trying to say the dude needs to see a therapist and all that kind of stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. He's
1: just, he's, he's a player that's probably gotten away with doing stupid stuff like that his whole life. Yeah. And like, it, like, back when when the last trip happened, my bigger issue with, was with the tantrum that he threw because he got caught. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more so than the trip. But, I mean, honestly, Ty, you think people might start egging on to do this? I think at some point, he's going to trip the wrong person and he's going to get his jaw broken. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to do it to the wrong person and they're just going to turn around and fire him. So,
3: yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So
1: so if if he gets justice that way, I'm really not going to be mad at the kid that does it.
3: Yeah. yeah no. And and I would I would agree. I would not be really mad if someone retaliated because I I guarantee everyone out there is thinking when's this kid going to at least get what he deserves in a suspension. Yeah. And if someone were to start getting at him a little bit, people would love it. I mean, mm-hmm. he is today's Christian Leitner, and I don't think okay. there's any bones about it.
1: Oh, yeah, if, if a kid gets tripped and they end up decking him, they will be, like, a national
3: hero for a week. <laughs> yeah. S- swear. Yeah. And then the kid will serve a longer suspension than Grayson Allen. Yeah? Yep, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All
0: right, guys, uh, Grayson Allen, he's a uh, junior, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, just how much, um, you know, just some tripping people. Um and stuff like how much do you think that like that could hurt his stock like when it comes to him deciding when to dra- get draft and when he wants to enter the draft?
1: He's talented, I'm not sure how well he will adjust to the next level yeah like i I don't see him i mean just because of how the talent level in the in the in college basketball isn't the highest these days as far as what you're getting outside of maybe your top four or five picks. He, okay, he might be a lottery mm-hmm. pick. He just might be the end of the lottery. Okay,
2: mm-hmm. so
1: like, so I'm not sure how much it affects it, uh, just because I'm not sure how good of an NBA player he'll be. All
3: right. Yeah, I I would agree there with Darnell. I mean, I, I do think he is a first round pick. He may sneak the end of the lottery, but a first round for sure. Uh, he definitely has the talent, in uh, and. and you know, you know how it is. You know, you're always the stud on your high school team. You go to college, you could still be the stud there, but there's other people that are equal to your talent. And then when you go to the pros, you either excel or you get lost in the crowd. So mm-hmm. I think the odds more fall on him trying to get lost in the crowd, only because, uh, you know, for the for the kind of game he plays. I mean, he he's a good shooter. He's not a great shooter. Uh, he gets to the rim a lot. And when you're going up against a bunch of seven-footers every night, getting to the hoops a lot tougher, yeah. and a lot more fouls don't get called. So I I think you'd really have to either really figure out a mid-range jumper and get really good at it, or figure out how to finish a hoop. So, and
1: and that question,
3: how well he'll be able to defend NBA guards. Uh Yeah. I mean, I, I can't see him defending James Harden right now. I can't well, see him defending Russell Westbrook. James Harden, man. But, but, I mean, when, when when you're looking at it, I mean. That's who he's going to be when, going up
0: against, though, for sure.
3: Yeah, I mean, when, when teams are drafting, you have to look. Who is he going to be playing night in and night out? And can yeah. he stack up?
0: So, definitely hear you guys there. what's um, so up next, uh, what do you guys think about this Baylor loss? against uh, West Virginia?
3: I I don't think we can look too much into it. Uh, First of all, West Virginia, top 10 team, uh, plays arguably the best defense in America. Uh, I mean, they're known as Press Virginia University. Uh, They force turnovers left and right. Uh, They're tough to play at home. So a lot was going against Baylor that game. Uh, But I mean, it's Baylor's first loss of the season. It's week two of conference. Yeah, I believe week two of conference play. Uh, one loss isn't going to judge what kind of a team Baylor is. So I think it's okay. It's you know what we would deem a good loss. Uh, but uh, it'll be interesting to see when they play each other later on this season how that game shapes up.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, I'm not. Call them Baylor fraudulent off of one loss or something like that uh it was it was a good game, tough game to lose, but you know, like everything Tyler said they played a good team that plays a style that can give anybody trouble if you have a team that has a good press that's guarding you for ninety feet if if they if they're on and they're getting
0: getting causing turnovers,
2: it's gonna be a long night. That's the type of team West Virginia is. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, in in your guys' opinion, is there a clear-cut number one team?
1: At this point, no.
3: Okay. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, it's, It's just usually the idea. Every once in a while, you get a Kentucky or a Duke team that's just head and shoulders above. But right now, you can look at anybody in the top seven, maybe eight and say, you could be number one this week, and it would be okay. Okay. Um, If you guys had to
0: pick, like, who would you pick to be the number one team, in your opinion, who do you think is the top
3: team? I mean, we we were just talking about that kind of a second ago, Uh, but we we think Kansas is going to get the nod. They're currently number two, so we think they'll slide up if they don't lose, Um, I mean – it's for me, it's tough to say Villanova only because they they aren't in one of the power conferences. Um, and, and I understand, like, they that's not really a formidable way to judge a team, but, um, it's hard for me to say, to say them. I, I mean, they lost to Butler, uh, which is okay. Once again, a good loss. They were a top 20 team, uh, on, on the road. But, uh, if I really had to pick somebody, uh, Right now, I, I guess I would lean lean with Kansas. They're they're hot right now. They're playing some good basketball. Uh, Josh Jackson has seemed to found his rhythm with the team. They have some good senior leadership. Uh, so, I guess I'd lean toward Kansas right now.
2: Yeah, Kansas or UCLA.
3: Yeah, UCLA too. And Trey, you know, I've been talking them up to you all year. So yeah.
0: All right, guys. Um, anything else to add before we move on? Uh, anything else to add for NCAA basketball? Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: I think we're pretty good there
0: Alright Okay up next We're about to get into The National Football League uh, Before we get into Our our thoughts on the playoffs I uh, have some news Coming out this week That San Diego Is moving to Los Angeles uh, What do you guys Think about them And their Awesome logo <laughs> <laughs> Awesome <laughs> Yeah
1: It's
2: uh, I,
1: I still don't get what's the why the love for NFL teams going to LA where they don't watch pro
2: football. Like
1: <laughs> this experiment's been done so many times, and like
2: I don't. I
0: mean, well,
1: the Rams are terrible, so I guess I can't say for sure. Like,
0: yeah, no one's gonna watch them anyway.
1: Yeah, but <laughs>
0: that's, like, I
1: maybe it's like. Property values, maybe it raises The value of the team a lot Mm -hmm. more But outside of that, I just I don't understand why Uh, It's probably just another team that will be Leaving LA in the next 10 years
2: Yeah
3: Yeah, I'm with Darnell on this one Uh, If there's one Thing I think common sense Tells you, the people in LA Don't want the Rams, they don't want the Chargers They want the Raiders Um I mean, right now they're the best team in California. Uh, they did their best work in L.A. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, they're going to go to Vegas. I mean, but they did their best work in L.A. So yeah. if they'd want anybody, they'd want the Raiders. Uh, I would, and honestly, I think the Raiders would best fit L.A. Right, especially right now. Uh, but I mean, I don't have the money to be moving NFL franchises around, so it's not my call. Uh, And once again, just another team with a mediocre squad and probably a 500 record next year or below 500 record next year. That's going to be in LA.
0: All right, guys, uh, let's get into the uh, playoffs from last week. Um, Just how did you guys feel about the Oakland versus Houston game? I know, Tyler, you were talking about Osweiler like crazy through those texts, man, but.
3: He's, I think we got what we expected here. Uh, yeah. I mean, very conservative game plan for Connor Cook, even though I think they should have let him loose a little bit. Uh, the guy has a better arm than they allowed him to show. Uh, yeah. They they try to throw a lot of behind the line of scrimmage passes, expect someone to make a play. Um, but in reality, if you're throwing a rookie quarterback in his very first game in the playoffs on the road, you probably picked one of the worst defenses to do it against. Oh yeah, uh, Houston, very stout on, on the front and in the secondary. Uh, Connor Cook felt the pressure early and often. Uh, but on the other side of the ball, I mean, the Houston defense is what's going to do it for them if they're going to do anything. I mean, Osweiler's not that good. He threw a touchdown, but I don't think he's that good. And they know he's not that good. Uh, Lamar Miller carried the ball over 30 times. That's unbelievable. Yeah. You don't even see that at any point in the regular season. Uh, but they knew that's what it was going to have to take if they wanted to win. So they went with it. Uh, but I, I even think, Tran, you called it last week. It's going to be a field goal kicker's game. Nick Novak got his money's worth. So um, Houston. Got the win, I think. It, at least in my opinion, that was expected, and I think you guys expected it a little bit too. You just wanted to see Oakland win. I do think Oakland's the better team. Just I think they're a better team when they have Derek Carr.
0: Oh, <laughs> I bet you. Yeah, you enjoyed those uh, screen passes by Cook, Darnell.
1: Good guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> like just watching this, as a as a state fan that knows the only thing Connor Cook is not as terrible at as a quarterback has been screen passes. That was his issue at state. Yeah. So I feel like just did, did his coaches watch any film on him in college? <laughs> any. Yeah. And three of the first
3: five passes, they let him throw her well, screen. And you also know it's a bad day when at halftime, the commentators are talking about bringing in the injured QB.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was it was just a a game of futility there. Rookie quarterback starting against number one defense, so that's that's a terrible look there. And then you got Osweiler, who's still not good,
2: but you know
1: he was just basically they they made a a simple offensive plan for him too. They treated him like he was a rookie. Yeah. So yeah, bad game. The, the team that was able to have some semblance of
2: an offense won.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean, the only thing Osweiler did was throw a nice fade route to uh, Hopkins on the sideline and then hit him on the slant like two plays later. Mm-hmm. It was really the only thing he did.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, guys. Uh, next game is Miami versus Pittsburgh. Uh, How did you guys feel about <laughs> that one?
3: Very expected. Yeah. yeah. That was rough. I think we all called that one. I mean, the first half was the Antonio Brown show. Then the second half was the Le'Veon Bell show. So, yep. what to, it, it's what they need to win it. And their, their defense did their job. Uh, it was that AFC North defense, uh, tough physical. Uh, they're going to need that next week for sure uh, as they go to Kansas City, but. Yeah, just we, we got what we expected.
2: Yeah. yeah, it was
1: what you thought would happen outside of, I just, I don't understand how people were trying to give Matt Moore so much credit. Like, he was like, I had a chance to actually step up and do something in this game. Just from, You know, sure. watching people on TV, like, I was shocked at how much people were like, Miami's still playing good. They got a shot here. Yeah. Too much of a drop off. It's like, do you know what you're talking about? Yeah. Um, I
3: mean the the only thing I would give Matt more credit for was he got popped a few times and he just got right back up and continued to play. he's a tough guy. There's no denying he, that. He's tough he yeah, and, yeah, and he, sure. he makes he makes some good throws, but he he's not gonna lead you to a playoff victory. Yeah. <clears throat> Alright, now uh the one I really wanted to get
0: into, uh the Lions versus Seattle. Uh how did you guys feel about this game?
3: This is a sore spot for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um I think anybody who watched that game from a third-party angle uh probably noticed that, you know, th- there were some bad calls. And I was probably the first one to say they were terrible calls and that the refs are screwing us. And, I mean, in the heat of the moment, that's what you see. But at the end of the day, Lions score six points, can't run the ball, can't stop the ball. Uh what if some of those penalties made a difference? Maybe it would have kept a couple drives alive. Uh, I, I think there was, you know, a, at least one pass interference that was completely missed. Um, well, you could argue too, because one was offensive for Seattle on that amazing touchdown catch, which really was a great catch. Yeah, but but um, face the, the, face the, mask. yeah, the hand on the face mask. I mean, y- yes, you should make that call. There could have been pass interference on Detroit on that play as well. Um, so r- really, at the end of the day, you're not going to win a playoff game scoring six points unless there's a foot of snow on the ground. Yeah. Ma- sure. Matthew, I-, I will say, Ma- I think Matthew Stafford played really well. The receivers gave zero help. They couldn't catch. Uh, and then when they started moving the ball a little bit, you got 15-yard penalties by Anquan Bolden. So the, the Lions hurt themselves big time. Uh, and when you're already frustrated from your own team, any little thing by any outside force, in this case the refs, it just paints a humongous picture and you just get super frustrated and try to blame everything. So, Story story of the Lions.
1: Can I, can I rant a little bit on this?
0: Oh,
3: knock
1: <laughs>
0: yourself out, man. Do your thing.
1: <laughs> okay. So... Like I came out after that game, just like like I just looked back on the season and just kind of came to that conclusion that like this this season was a mirage, <laughs> yeah, like it it's a good season. Well, let me just start by saying that to say something good about the Lions. They made it to the playoffs, I think most people's projections were like seven and nine, eight and eight. They they want to step above and, and made their way to the playoffs from it. So you take it. You take that season. You you got to the playoffs, but like you look back at at the season, they they were over versus playoff teams, mm-hmm. and the non playoff teams that they played and won nine games off of, pretty much every one of them took a last
2: second comeback.
1: Yeah. So so basically a game or two where a team might have made a stop or something people's projections
2: for this team would have been correct
1: and going into this this game here like i was at my son's birthday
2: party and
1: talking to a friend there and he was talking about watching the game and he goes yeah i don't think they'll win but you know i, I think they'll look good against him. i think they'll put up like they'll lose like 24 21 something like that so i looked at him i was like you think they're putting 21 up on the yeah. On <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, And I ask again, like, have you watched them the last four weeks? Like, you know, like, they haven't scored but six points since that first half against Dallas. He's like, they'll be fine. So, okay, and then they score six points. Six yeah. points for 250 50-plus-yard field goals. Yeah. So, like, they, they didn't see the red zone in this game. hmm and yeah, Ty, like you said, they, there were bad calls. But if you can't if you can't get to the to the twenty, yeah. I really don't think they would have had a chance if the refs made every one of those calls. Yeah,
3: yeah, and and like I said, that, and I definitely agree with that. I mean, if you can't stop the ball and you can't move the ball, a ten yard penalty is not going to help you. Yeah. Uh, it, but like I said, it just boiled down to you know it's it's just frustration. It's the Lions get to this point and then always lose it's you you just want them to take the next step so bad that you think everything's against you
1: yeah and and like that was part of why I was a little bit annoyed of uh, week seventeen where everybody was trying to wear the Detroit versus everybody shirts for the Lions, like <laughs> come on. <laughs> Like, if they could beat a playoff team, like there would be no worries about it. But their win, like their best win, was who? Who
3: was their best win this year? Probably New Orleans. They looked the best that game.
1: I mean, that's that's the game they played best. But was they're, they're, that actually their best? Washington?
3: Yeah, I'd, I'd say Washington. Well, I mean, Washington was in it to the last week.
1: Yeah, and 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 like that was. That was the part of the run I missed. I mean, basically, they made the playoffs because Kirk Cousins turned into Kirk Cousins. That, yeah. that I remember that yeah. will throw an interception at the worst possible time, and yeah. and that was the saving
2: grace to get them into the playoffs because you know they
1: they pretty much sat down
2: against Green
1: Bay. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I said, this is one of those seasons where. I don't feel optimistic about next year, even though they made the playoffs. I don't feel optimistic about the Lions. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just about to, uh, you know, ask you guys uh, that right now, like, you know, based upon this season, you know, how they look against Seattle. Like, how do you guys, you know, you kind of already answered, uh, (laughs) basically what you did. Um, So just Tyler, you know, how do you feel about this team going forward? Well, I
3: actually had a very... Good discussion about that with my dad. You know, we got done watching the game, and it's like, obviously, they need defensive help, but they've tried to address that so many times in the draft. I mean, you look at the two best defensive players they drafted in the last ten years. You have Nadam and Sue, Nick Fairley. They're both with other teams. Um, you know, they had a second round pick a few years ago, and Kyle Van Noy, a linebacker out of BYU, he's with he's with the Patriots. Uh, I mean, what's the point of drafting these guys if you can't keep them? Uh, I understand that that the Lions are just bad on defense. I don't know if they need a different D coordinator or what, but uh, one one thing I think they are very easily missing, uh, could potentially address, maybe not this, this next year, but they don't have a playmaker. They don't have somebody that can break the big play. Uh, granted you're it's hard to do that against uh, Seattle but I mean look at you know Atlanta is Julio Jones Seattle is Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown you just just guys that can get the ball and you don't know whether they're going to get five yards or 50 and the Lions simply don't have that and I don't know where they're going to find it I don't know if they're even looking to get it I mean yes would I like to see them draft defense yeah absolutely but would I be absolutely mad if they and I don't see it happening somehow trade up in the draft at some point and take someone that's just a freak athlete on the offensive side of the ball no I would not be mad at all because well right now our offensive player that could break the big one is one of two guys in my opinion Yeah. Theo Riddick, well, he spent a lot of the year hurt, or Golden Tate, and he just maybe gets three a season. It's it's just not there. So what I what I think they need is they need a guy who can just make the big play. They they just simply don't have it.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I guess if if they want to become new, come New Orleans. I, that's the way they go. They try to get another weapon, but I think they have to address some of the holes that they have on defense first.
3: They, oh, I I
1: agree. They could get no pressure on quarterbacks uh, after Ziggy Ansah fell off a cliff, mm-hmm. and they they can't stop the run, mm-hmm. and and because of those two factors, they can't cover outside of mm-hmm. one player. So they have a lot that they need. They they need probably two players in their front seven at least, uh, be it a linebacker and a, a, a D-tackle coming up the middle a and and a corner. Like, I think those are probably the, the three top needs. They do need a running back for sure. When your leading rusher gets... 300-400 like well, yards in a season. that's, that's definitely a problem, but yeah. I think that's something they could possibly address in later
3: rounds. But. Well, also something we need to remember there is Amir Abdullah hit the IR pretty early this year. Yeah. So we don't really know what we're going to get out of him for a full season. Uh, But, you know, like you said, you could address that later in the draft, but I don't think they're going to go the running back route this draft. 'Cause I think they want to give Abdullah more of the fair shot.
1: Well, I mean, and I I guess I, I wouldn't hate that decision. Like, if, if they want to wait on that, see what they have there uh with him. I, I can deal with that. He, he, like you said, he was hurt early.
2: Uh hopefully he's figured out how to hold on to the ball when it takes <laughs> a uh Yeah,
3: but 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 I but I do agree with you. Uh, they they do need a running back. I can't remember the last time they had somebody rush for a hundred yards in a game. Yeah, it's been a long
1: time. <laughs> like they they were trying, they were hoping for it. Those last couple games with Zinner when he had fast starts, but yeah, yeah. teams locked that up real quick. Yeah.
3: You know, because like I was telling my brother, like it would be <laughs> absolutely crazy if Detroit could somehow trade up and get Dalvin Cook. Like it would take way too much to do that, yeah. but. I mean, I I look at, you know, who's out there and I feel like someone like a Dalvin Cook could do wonders for the Lions.
1: It's interesting, though, because I would rather give up their first round pick,
3: drop two, two or three spots and,
1: and in second and a third.
3: Yeah. And, and here's and here's where I'm going to really start to be intrigued with the Lions because this is going to be Bob Quinn. Yeah. GM was with the Patriots can you work some of this rounds four through seven magic that he's done before?
0: All right, guys, uh, up next, uh, get into the final one for, from last week, uh, Green Bay versus the New York giants. Man, I thought the giants were going to pull it off this year, man, but my team from the NFC is out. So how do you guys feel about that game? Oh, like I mean, like it
1: was it was good for a little bit, but like Trey was over at my house watching it, and I I had looked over to you. The Giants that came back and made it, uh, what was it fourteen thirteen, I believe.
0: Yeah, I and, believe so.
1: And Green Bay starts driving, and I go, Trey, if they score here, I think it's ball game. Yeah. Like I think it's over. <laughs> They score, they get the ball back, Hail Mary, and yeah. just didn't look back.
2: And, you know,
1: quarter and a half football, it was an okay game, and then
3: Aaron Rodgers went all Aaron Rodgers on it. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's funny because with that um, Hail Mary pass, I was once again watching the game with my dad. Aaron Rodgers throws it to Jared Cook. He drops it. There's four seconds left. I go. It was actually a good thing he dropped that because they wouldn't have had enough time to get up to the line and spike it because they didn't have any timeouts. I said, this gives them the opportunity for the Hail Mary. Aaron Rodgers drops back and Randall Cobb is there in the back of the end zone, making a nice basket catch. Typical, t- every, typical every Lion fan to have PTSD. <laughs> yeah. Very. And every uh, Cardinal fan as well. Yeah. Uh Very. Typical Aaron Rodgers, uh, the whole game was typical Aaron Rodgers, making everybody around him look like they're a pro bowler. Um, and that's just why Aaron Rodgers is elite. And they're really hot right now. So uh, the defense is playing pretty well. Uh, <clears throat> they did a very good job of stopping Odell Beckham Jr. He didn't, granted, had a couple early drops, but... Uh, I mean, Green Bay's just a hot team right now, so this week's matchup with Dallas is going to be a point viewing. Like, you're setting aside everything for that. Yeah,
1: guys, put any, uh, any of the 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 Miami outing controversy on this game?
2: <laughs>
1: is, is that a big issue for uh, Odell? Well, because... Uh,
3: all, yeah, they on the boat, and the
1: receivers went. Yeah. Oh, away. oh yeah.
3: okay, yeah. Um, uh, no, not really. Yeah. I, I think. Uh, I think it's more just well, one, Green Bay was a hotter team. Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. Uh, <coughs> at Green Bay. Uh, granted, was the focus there? Probably not. If you're doing stuff like that, uh, and. The unfortunate thing is Eli's been calling out weird behavior all year, and nobody's doing anything about it. Yeah. It's like he's the one guy on the roster with the two rings, so maybe you should listen to him but uh yeah, uh, could have had something to do do with it, but I think the outcome still would have been quite similar yeah i mean they were they were hanging in there originally, man, but
0: you know. Aaron Rodgers and the squad just turned up on him, So, I mean, Packers are looking like the team to beat right now. So, I mean, you know, what can you do? You know, obviously, you know, if they, if that didn't, uh, you know, with the whole picture of them on the boat and stuff didn't come up, uh, you know, we wouldn't have that to uh, talk about. It could possibly be a reason why, you know, you're losing. It makes it look like they're not focused on the game as much. But, you know, it is what it is. Just have to, just going to have to deal with it regardless.
1: Yeah, that's that's mainly how I look at it. it. Yeah, it was bad optics, seeing them partying, I guess, before
2: a playoff game. But I really don't. These guys are fine-tuned athletes. They they know what the game is, and I think they
1: should be able to prepare for it. But
2: I I just think they
1: ran into a buzzsaw
0: with Rodgers on the side of it. All right, guys. Um, anything else to add from last week's playoff games?
1: Hope this week's games are better.
0: Yeah. It was, it was rough. You know, I was not pleased, really. You know, I was telling my grandma this, uh, you know, it was kind of like I was looking forward to these playoff games, man, but it was like none of them were really worth watching. You know, the Mm -hmm. the Giants and Green Bay, you know, like the first half or whatever, it was decent watch, but I was like, these games suck. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. like it was awful. So, yeah, definitely, man. Hopefully, these are a lot better this week than last week. Cool. Should have scheduled uh, your son's party a little longer, man. Would have been more entertaining than that, than the game. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, all right, uh, guys. Uh, first thing we're about to get into this week is Houston versus New England. Uh, can Oswald pull it off, man? What do you guys think about this game?
3: Give me the Patriots. No no brainer. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like, Houston
0: would
1: have to have pretty much the def- defensive game
2: of the year, in
1: my opinion, to win this. Mm-hmm. And I don't see it happening. They're just – they don't have enough on offense. Sorry, Brock Waller does not have a Patriots victory in him. So no. –
3: I'm sorry. not sorry about that.
1: <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> well, just if anybody in Houston's listening, I'm, I'm just sorry
0: for
2: hurting your feelings. As if they <laughs> probably
0: don't already know that.
2: Like, yeah. This is the case.
0: Yeah, this is. This could really be a tough game to watch, man. Uh, I got the Patriots as well. But yeah, man, it's. This could get ugly real quick, so got New England as well. Uh, we'll just skip, yeah, nothing, nothing really else to say about this game, but uh, you know, up next, uh, Seattle versus Atlanta. Uh, what do you guys' thoughts on this game? Who do you have won?
3: Yeah, gonna be a really good rematch uh, from the regular season, for sure. Uh, went down to the, really the last series, so uh, gonna be an interesting game. It's gonna be in Atlanta this time so in a dome Matt Ryan's going to have the crowd with him as opposed to against him so I think the game favors Atlanta but I think the experience of Seattle is going to hold on here so uh give me Seattle in a in a close one I think their defense is the difference uh
2: okay. oh,
1: this one is tough for me just cuz if history shows anything, you don't trust Atlanta in the playoffs. <laughs> no matter what. They they find some way to blow up. But it just it seems like this game at least is set up too well for them to win. You know, Seattle has a, a big hole at safety without Earl Thomas there, and they have the best weapon possible to expose that. And Julio Jones. Yeah. And they have those two running backs, which is probably the best tandem uh, running back team in the NFL, to at least try to tire out uh, Seattle's front. So I'm intrigued by this game. I want to see what Seattle does to try to cover up their hole in the defensive backfield. Do we get Richard Sherman possibly shadowing Julio to try to? Limit him some, and what will those two running backs be able to do against Seattle? Uh, Russell Wilson will pr- probably be himself. He'll be good. Can we get a repeat performance out of Thomas Rawls that he had against the Lions? I doubt he goes off like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but good game. I think a close game still, like you're saying, Ty, but I, I, I'm leaning towards the Dirty Birds.
3: getting. Yep. Oh, lean uh, toward Atlanta. Yeah, you know, I I will also say they also have Muhammad Snood, Taylor Gabriel. Both are also deep ball threats. Yeah. So they really all, all the receivers are the deep ball threat. Yeah.
0: For me, I'm going to go with Seattle on this one. You know, Darnell, you kind of brought it up, man. Um, can you really trust ATL uh, when it comes to playoff time? Uh, you know, these guys look great. You know, Matt Ryan and that offense were clicking well. But you know, just whatever, whenever this team gets to the uh playoffs, they just don't uh perform like they should. So I'm gonna trust the more experienced team uh with Seattle. I think they're gonna find a way to pull it off, even though, you know, they're missing the beast in Earl Thomas. Uh just think, you know, ATL they're gonna come out sluggish um against Seattle. Um uh, so and Seattle's gonna find a way to pull it through. So I'm going with Seattle on this.
3: And and I'll even admit it, I want to pick Atlanta in this game. I, I just can't.
1: So I'm the only one showing the stones here. Okay.
3: Alright.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, next uh, we have Pittsburgh versus KC. I
3: I actually think this is this game is almost as, as intriguing to me as the Dallas Green Bay game. Yeah. Uh, I really like the matchup of the uh, Pittsburgh offense versus Kansas City defense. Uh, um, the conservativeness of Alex Smith against the aggressiveness of the Pittsburgh defense. I, I think just, just the, all the matchups in this game are very intriguing. Um, this one I think is the hardest game for me to pick. Um, only because, you know, like I said, with, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, are they going to get five yards or are they going to get 50? Uh, the Kansas City defenses look brilliant this year, and they've looked terrible. Yeah, so yeah, it's it it's really, I think this game could come down to who has the ball last. Uh, I, I like Pittsburgh's odds, uh, but I know Roethlisberger's not looked as well on the road as he has at home this year. Uh, I think I'm going to go with. Jeez, I'm I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh on this one. All right, I I think I think Le'Veon Bell struts his stuff here.
2: Well, uh,
3: you
1: got them we, in the
0: Super Bowl, so yep. So uh, we, we know who I'm <laughs> picking here. Uh, nothing. Is, well, you know they dominated last week, but you didn't see nothing. You know that could possibly change. Uh, change the mind. And possibly not making it to the Super Bowl. Well, basically.
1: Ben Roethlisberger in a walking
0: boot after the game. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I,
1: nothing, nobody said he's out, so I assume yeah. he's going to be there playing. And, you know, Roethlisberger's one of those guys that basically probably have to break both his kneecaps to take him off the field. So, yeah. he's a tough guy. But, uh, I,
3: but I will say, and I think I'm speaking, I'm at least speaking for two-thirds of us here, if if Roethlisberger's ruled out, I'm switching my pick. Oh yeah. yeah, he's out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said, sorry, Landry, but
1: yeah, because I mean that that devalues Antonio Brown and
3: and, Bell and mm-hmm. Like that,
1: <laughs> you you need that third line in the
3: triangle. But the yeah. thing is, I ha- I had to put that on the record. Yeah, <laughs> I can't just five minutes before the game say I'm switching my pick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I th- I think we all agreed. I say.
1: A a game changing factor there if if there's no Super Bowl caliber quarterback
2: there for the Steelers, yeah. Uh, but
1: but otherwise, I I just feel like also this is the time where I can't I can't trust a quarterback that doesn't throw the ball more than ten yards downfield. Playoff time is where you have to be able to in tight situations have to be aggressive and throw in the defenses. For as good as Alex Smith is at what he is and being captain check down, you're going to need a little bit more to be able to
0: stifle or keep up
1: with that
0: Steeler offense. I'm actually, uh, for me I'm going to go with uh, KC on this one. Uh, You know, Tyler, you were talking about early, you know, their defense can be hit or miss. Uh, I'm looking at it, they're at home, and uh, plus, you know, they had a week off, too, so I think they're going to be well-rested for this game, and just think they're going to be at home. Uh, They're going to have a simple plan uh, for Alex Smith to uh, try to keep the ball moving a little bit, Um, but I think that defense is going to end up uh, stepping up um, um, enough to the point that they can win this game. I do have this one being uh, really close. You know, Uh, this can come, you know, Tyler, you said it as well, you know, this can so uh, just thinking, man, uh, Kansas City, uh, they're going to do have enough plays um, to just uh, overcome and win this game and um, step it up. So I do have Kansas City winning this one in a very close. Uh, now, this one, uh, definitely can't wait to watch this one, man. This is going to be a fun football game. Um, last but not least, uh, Green Bay versus Dallas Cowboys. Uh, what do you guys think about this matchup?
3: Yeah, I think one of the bigger question marks here is, is Jordy Nelson going to play? Are, are his ribs too bad? Yeah. Um, are they good enough to go? Um, I think the saving grace for Green Bay right now is Devontae Adams is playing like a number one wide receiver, and Randall Cobb is back. So if Jordy Nelson, for some reason, is a no-go, uh, they still have full through receivers that can still win any football game. Uh, I have Green Bay in the Super Bowl, so they're my pick here. Uh, I I don't know what Dak Prescott's going to be able to do. Uh, Once again, he's looked great. He's looked bad. Um, So which Dak Prescott shows up is going to be a big factor here. I think Ezekiel Elliott gets his 100 yards, might punch in a couple of scores. But I think Aaron Rodgers throws for three or four more touchdowns, and I think Packers
0: take it on the road. Yeah. This is real quick, uh, just based on how it sounds. Um, it sounds like they're not having, uh, based on this article I read off ESPN today, it sounds like they're not planning on not having uh, Jordy Nelson suit up for this game. But uh, they're saying mm-hmm. that he should be ready uh, for next week um, if they end up pulling off a win against Dallas. So, just um, again, you know, not aspect how it sounds, you know, anybody who's still got plenty of time, you know, he may want to suit up. But how it sounds right now, Jordy may not play this week, but how it sounds they wanna he should be ready next week if they pull off a win against Dallas. Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, go ahead, Darna.
2: Well,
1: uh, another one where the pick is basically <laughs> made already. Of course, uh I got I got Dallas going to the Super Bowl. Uh, but this is a scary matchup. the uh, Packers are the hottest team in the NFL and and Aaron Rodgers is the hottest quarterback uh going right now. So but I just I feel like how Dallas is built, they they have the style to make this game go really quick and lessen the amount of possessions that Green Bay will get to try to run up to score. Yeah. Uh, they have a power run game. They have a ridiculous line that will allow for some extended drives. And I've I really don't have any I don't have enough evidence to say that Dak Prescott will play bad. I mean, really, I think he
2: only really had one bad game yeah. all regular season. Uh, and you know how he
1: how he came back from it. Pretty much squashed any doubt for me. I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like he, he's he's ready for a game like this, and it's always nice when you have the kind of weapons he has on offense with uh, Zeke Elliott, with 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 the the X factor on on the outside, with a uh, very nice uh, slot receiver going. So I uh, I think the end all reliable in Jason. Can't leave him out. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I just think it, this is going to be strength on strength uh, as far as these offenses go. Uh, will it be how how quick Green Bay can just pile on points, or will it be how Dallas just grinds people out and keeps a fresh defense the whole game? Uh, I, think, I think it comes down to that. Uh, if if Dallas is Pulling off sixty, seventy yard drives, even if they only end in three, I, I think it's
0: it's just better off for them because fresh defenses cost three and outs. Yeah. Um, this one's pretty tough for me. Um, I'm going with Green Bay on this one. Um, uh, the reason why um I'm going against Dallas is kind of like with the whole Jalen Hurst thing. Um, he was talking about you know you have Ezekiel Elliott and Dak. Two rookies. Um, You know the playoffs are a different beast. Uh, We all know that. You know my whole thing right now is: uh, Are these two young guys ready for this stage um, in their life to get ready to come out there and win uh, a big game uh, for their team? Um, So, but the key thing is this: You know, is Dallas Cowboys' their offensive line is absolutely amazing. So, if you want to be put in a position where if you're a rookie uh, quarterback or running back. Uh, you definitely want to have that Dallas O-line uh, to help you out. So it's kind of just like my thing with them is, you know, are these guys going to be composed enough to pull this game off? Um, but I do think, uh, you know, they could definitely win it. Um, but, you know, my whole thing is right now is just, you know, are these guys ready for this big stage in their life? So they could definitely pull it off. But I think uh, Green Bay, just with the experience, um, they're going to find out a way to win this game. Alright, guys, uh, well, just real quick, uh, with our pickums, our playoff pickums, uh, Tyler is number one right now. He's four for four. Uh, me and Darnell we're both tied, uh, with two out of four. So this can definitely change, uh, based on some of our picks this week. Uh, who's gonna be number one next week? Um, yeah, but- just
3: go, just go ahead and write me down for eight for eight. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> you can go ahead and write it, write it in pen. Alright. <laughs> Alright guys, um anything you else you started out in the regular season too, didn't you
0: didn't you Ted?
3: Yeah, I, I may have like the first, first two, two weeks. Yeah, yeah first two about, weeks yeah. I got ahead and I never saw it again. Yeah. So <laughs> This is much
0: shorter than the regular season though man, so yeah. we we just have to see. Yeah. alright guys, um anything else you would like to add? Uh for no. the show? Uh what NFL, NCAA or you know Batman, whatever. Admit, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Hey, if you got something to say about it, man, hey, let loose.
3: If I ever watched a game in my life,
0: maybe <laughs> I would. But
3: is it a game or a match? I don't even know. <laughs> I say,
1: call it whatever you want.
0: I'll agree.
3: <laughs> it's a tennis match, so I'll go with the match
0: here. There you go. All right, all right, guys. As always, I appreciate you guys for checking us out if you can follow us at on Twitter at DKM underscore cast, uh, you can also find us, uh, this podcast on a lot of places, um, podcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, SoundCloud. Uh, just hit us up in a search engine. Uh, we should, uh, disappear. Uh, but yeah, as always guys, uh, you know, again, appreciate you guys for listening. By the way, if you're in, the, if you like cars, uh, I would advise you to check out my cousin's YouTube channel. Uh you can check him out at the Black Scat Pack. Um he has some very uh, cool stuff on there. So if you guys will check them out, that'll be cool. But other than that, uh hope you guys um have a good one. Appreciate you for checking it out and hopefully we can this'll be a good week of NFL football.